Every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Well, I'm not a crook. We had to push and shove our way through a crowd of several hundred Vietnamese. My fellow Americans, I've said on several occasions that I wouldn't comment about the recent congressional hearings on the Iran-Contra matter. Skies over Baghdad have been illuminated. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Immediately, there's speculation or cause for concern. This is the World Trade Center that was the center of a terrorist bombing. What difference at this point does it make? Protesters have now broken into the U.S. Capitol. This is Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Booker Scott and Lou Basada. We all know that the First Amendment is freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and if there is any subject that should be bipartisan, one would think this one is a no-brainer. But in these times, it's just not that simple. French philosopher Voltaire, who was the founder or forefather of the separation of church and state and freedom of speech, said it this way, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. A couple of years ago, I put a series of social media posts out along the same lines, and you can search Booker Spartacus Differences Simplified on Twitter to see those, but here's one of them as an example. The differences between us and them. Their ideology demands I change my ideology. My ideology demands I defend with my life their ideology. Differences Simplified. These hearings featured witnesses that are not conservatives. In fact, they are American journalists, award-winning journalists, and both are Joe Biden voters. They aren't MAGA. These aren't American first people. But what this hearing showed is that Democrats in the House of Representatives, they don't care about the rights of the press, the rights of Americans' free speech. They only care about power, control. They want to control the narrative. They want to control free speech. And of course, to do that, they have to approve what speech can be said. Hmm. Remember Weird Gal Yankowicz, the Minister of Truth, the Truth Czar? President Biden tried to install her. For what purpose? I'm Booker Scott, and let's start with a closer look at our elected officials. These are our representatives. They are doing the people's business, as they always say. They can walk and chew gum at the same time. And maybe they are a true reflection of our society today. And you guys don't care. You don't care. You, you care don't want about the, the 2011 people to see. Decree? You don't want the American people to see what happened. The full video, transparency. You don't want that. And you don't want two journalists who have been named personally by the Biden administration, FTC, in a letter. The Biden administration. And you're saying is they're here the to help FTC. us. They're here to tell their story. And frankly, I think they're brave individuals for being willing to come after they've been named in a letter from the Biden FTC. Is this your question time now? No, I'm responding to your ridiculous oh. statements you made in your in your opening statement. Okay, well, let's get on with it. Oh, now we want to get on with it. So you I can did. say all the things you want. And I, I did in my facts. opening statement as well as you had an opening statement. The you chair. said what you needed to say in your opening statement. And I, as the ranking member, have Without used objection, my time. all other opening statements will be included in the record. We will introduce today's witness, Matt Taibbi. It is a true reflection of where our society is today. And you should know that much of the bickering that you just heard there continued throughout the hearing. 
But there were obviously a couple of different narratives that were trying to be put forth from both sides of this hearing, the Republicans and the Democrats. And uh, keep in mind that the two journalists that are here testifying before uh, these members of Congress is Matt Taby and Michael Schellenberger. Both are Democrats. Both voted for Joe Biden. They really don't have anything politically in this game. What they are concerned about is protection of the First Amendment, the protection of the press, protection of the American people to have free speech, and the weaponization of our federal government. What has the federal government done to silence us, to censor us? We know because of the truth that has come from the Twitter files, which both of these gentlemen were a part of the Twitter files. What were the Democrats going after? What is their objective in all of this? Shouldn't it really be about our rights as Americans? But that's not their concern. This isn't just a matter of what data was given to these so-called journalists before us now. There are many legitimate questions about where Musk got the financing to buy Twitter. It's about Musk's financing to buy Twitter. That's what this hearing is. It isn't about the weaponization of the federal government to spy on Americans, to shut down free speech. That's not what the Democrats are concerned about. They are concerned about speech getting out. They're concerned about the narrative. My name is Matt Taibbi. I've been a reporter for 30 years uh, and a staunch advocate of the First Amendment. Much of that time was spent at Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, Ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York York Times bestsellers. (laughs) And you hear there Matt Taby defending himself and his record as a true American journalist and a First Amendment rights advocate. You know, the Democrats stayed on this path. Not about free speech and not about the weaponization of the federal government to censor us, but they made it about the two gentlemen that are testifying. It wasn't about free speech. Every one of the Democratic representatives came at these two gentlemen in the same type of way. Now, keep in mind, they are Democrats themselves. Here is ranking member Plaskett. Who gave you access to these emails? Um, Who was the individual that uh, gave you permission to access the emails? Well, the attribution for my story is sources at Twitter, and that's what I'm going to refer to. Okay. Uh, Did Mr. Musk contact you, Mr. Taibbi? Again, the attribution for my story is sources at Twitter. Mr. Schellenberger, did Mr. Musk contact you? Uh, Actually, no. I was brought in by my friend Barry Weiss, and so this story, there's been a lot of misinformation. So Mr. Weiss brought you in. And notice there, she said Mr. Weiss. Barry Weiss is a female. That's how out of touch the Democrats are with this story. They don't care about the story. They don't care about the censorship. They care about getting at the narrative, controlling the narrative. That's what their game is. Now, the questioning didn't stop there about sources. They care more about the sources. They care more about Elon Musk than they do about the truth. Again, Congressman, when you're asking me to, you're asking your journalist to reveal a source. So then you consider Mr. Musk to be the direct source of all this. No, now you're you're trying to get me to say that he is the source. I I I well, just can't answer your question. Well, he is isn't. If you're telling me you can't answer because it's your source, well, then that only logical conclusion is that he is in fact your source. Well, you're free to conclude that. 
Well, sir, I just don't understand. You can't have it both ways, but let's move on. Well, no, he can. He's a journalist. No, he can't, because either Musk is the source and he can't talk about it, or Musk is not the source. And if Musk is not the source, then he can discuss No one has yielded. The gentlelady's out of order. You don't get and to speak. And she's out of order because he's interrupted. The is not recognized. You're not recognizing what he has not said that. What he has said is he's not going to reveal his source. And the fact that Democrats are pressuring him to do so is such an honor. We're asking him about his conversations with Musk. Not yielded you time. You don't I have not yielded time her. to anybody. I want to reclaim my time, and I would ask the chairman to give me back some of the time because of the interruption. And I claim my time right now. And you see more of the bickering going on in this hearing that happened on Capitol Hill. But you also hear the Democrats are really going after both of these witnesses to to reveal sources. Uh, journalists don't ever reveal sources. It's gone all the way to the Supreme Court. But yet the Democrats feel it is so important. It is so important to shut down the narrative and make this hearing about something that it's not, that they continue to go after it. And you said you had none, but you yourself posted that you had conditions. No, the, the conditions, as I've explained multiple times. No, uh, sir, you've not explained. You told her, her in response to her question that you had no conditions. In fact, you, you kind of used the word license, that you were free to look at all of them, all 100,000 emails. I was, the question was posed, was, was I free to, to write about? Sir, did you have any conditions? The condition was that we published Sir, did you Twitter. have any conditions, yes or no? A simple question. Yes. All right, could you tell us what conditions those were? The conditions were an attribution, sources at Twitter, and that we, we break any news on Twitter. That's Representative Garcia, a Democrat there, going at Matt Taby. And really, what is the hearing about? We're going to start hearing the differences between the Republicans and the Democrats in this exchange. This is Representative, a Democrat, Conley, trying to wrap this up for the Democrats. In some ways, what you just said undermines the premise of this select committee, which is that the federal government has been organized to weaponize uh, against conservative voices. Um, and, of course, what you've just indicated in your testimony is, well, actually, that's not the evidence you found. No, uh, I think this committee, my understanding is that they're, they're concerned about the weapon, weaponization of, of the government against free speech, which is certainly what we're I, I Thank you. My time has expired, but I appreciate your understanding of our committee. I have a different understanding. I yield back. Well, you got the wrong understanding. Last week in the, in the full Judiciary Committee hearing, I introduced into the record a story of a left-wing journalists who said that, that talked about the FBI putting a paid informant, a felon, in the Black Lives Matter movement in Denver. I want to focus on the First Amendment, just like protecting the First Amendment, just like these guys Point do. of order, Mr. Chair. Are you going to respond after every? No, I'm everything? taking my five minutes. This is I your, can take oh, my your, five oh, minutes. Oh, it's your five minutes now? I can now? take my five minutes when, when, when I want to, and I'm taking my five okay, minutes Okay, great. Now. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I would I, ask for an additional few seconds for being interrupted by the ranking member. Now, Representative Mike Johnson, a Republican. It is a bedrock principle of our constitutional system that the government does not get to decide what speech is acceptable or true. Under the First Amendment, Americans have a right to speak freely regardless of whether their speech upsets the preferred narrative. In fact, that's when it needs the most vigorous protection. Everybody on the left used to believe in that, or at least they purported to. Government and media fact-checkers frequently get things wrong. The American people can't and shouldn't rely on so-called experts to be the arbiters of truth, disinformation boards, and the like. 
It doesn't matter what political party you're, you're in. Government should not suppress important debates in public discourse. That should make a lot of sense to almost every American. For some reason, it really doesn't make any sense to the Democrats on this hearing committee. It's a subcommittee on the weaponization of our federal government, which obviously we have had, and it's been revealed from the Twitter files recently. Up to Twitter file number 17, I believe now. If you haven't read through them, you really should to start getting some truth. Here's Representative Matt Gates. While we've only heard from Democrats on this panel attacking you, discrediting you, a lot like they've tried to attack and discredit FBI whistleblowers who are truth tellers. There are brave Democrats who still believe in free speech, and I would advise my colleagues to look at the comments of Ro Khanna, who has been deeply, deeply concerned about this weaponization of government, and he believes these Twitter files are indeed worthy of our focus and our energy, and that is exactly what we are going to do. I yield back. That's kind of the flavor of this hearing. You hear the Democrats going at the messengers, which is Matt Taby and Michael Schellenberger. And you hear the Republicans saying this is about free speech, whether it's the left or the right, whether it's conservative or Democrat, it shouldn't matter in all of this. There's so much more at stake for this country. Now, let's start listening to what the people that came to testify, the two American journalists who happen to be Democrats, let's hear what they have to say. Let's start with Michael Schellenberger. Today, American taxpayers are unwittingly financing the growth and power of a censorship industrial complex run by America's scientific and technological elite, which endangers our liberties and democracy. I'm grateful for this opportunity to offer this testimony and sound the alarm over the shocking and disturbing emergence of state-sponsored censorship in the United States of America. The Twitter files, state attorneys general lawsuits, and investigative reporters have revealed a large and growing network of government agencies, academic institutions, and non-governmental organizations that are actively censoring American citizens, often without their knowledge, on a range of issues. I do not know how much of the censorship is coordinated beyond what we have been able to document, and I will not speculate. I always said it was important that Elon Musk chose the messengers that he chose. He chose American journalists that were not biased to the right, but maybe a little bit leaning to the left, at least the publications that they've written for in the past were. I'm not going to speak for them. I'm going to let them speak for themselves. Here's Matt Taby. I'm here today because of a series of events that began late last year when I received a note from a source online. It read, are you interested in doing a deep dive into what censorship and manipulation was going on at Twitter? A week later, the first of what became known as the Twitter files reports came out. To say these attracted intense public interest would be an understatement. My computer looked like a Vegas slot machine uh, as the, just the first tweet about the blockage of the Hunter Biden laptop story registered 143 million impressions and 30 million engagements. But it wasn't until a week after the first report, after Michael Schellenberger, Barry Weiss, and other researchers joined the search of the files, that we started to grasp the significance of this story. The original promise of the internet was that it might democratize the exchange of information globally. A free internet would overwhelm all attempts to control information flow, its very existence a threat to anti-democratic forms of government everywhere. What we found in the files was a sweeping effort to reverse that promise and use machine learning and other tools to turn the internet into an instrument of censorship and social control. Unfortunately, our own government appears to be playing a lead role. 
We saw the first hints and communications between Twitter executives before the 2020 election when we read things like flagged by DHS or please see attached report from FBI for potential misinformation. This would be attached to an Excel spreadsheet with a long list of names whose accounts were often suspended shortly after. Uh, again, Ranking Member Plaskett, I would note that the evidence of Twitter government relationship includes lists of tens of thousands of names on both the left and right. The people affected include Trump supporters, but also left-leaning sites like Consortium and Truthout, the leftist South American channel Telesur, the Yellow Vest movement. That, in fact, is a key point of the Twitter files, that it's neither a left nor right issue. Following the trail of communications between Twitter and the federal government across tens of thousands of emails led to a series of revelations. Mr. Chairman, we summarized and submitted them to the committee in the form of a new Twitter files thread, which was also released to the public this morning. We learned Twitter, Facebook, Google, and other companies developed a formal system for taking in moderation requests from every corner of government, from the FBI, the DHS, the HHS, DOD, the Global Engagement Center at State, even the CIA. For every government agency scanning Twitter, there were perhaps 20 quasi-private entities doing the same thing, including Stanford's Election Integrity Partnership, NewsGuard, the Global Disinformation Index, and many others, many taxpayer-funded. So now you hear the truth is starting to come out in these hearings. Is it going to matter in the long run? Are enough people paying attention to this? But I want you to pay attention to something he said. I'm going to play it again for you because I think it's so important. Pay attention to Matt Taibbi. Twitter, Facebook, Google, and other companies developed a formal system for taking in moderation requests from every corner of government, from the FBI, the DHS, the HHS, DOD, the Global Engagement Center at State, even the CIA. For every government agency scanning Twitter, there were perhaps 20 quasi-private entities doing the same thing. So we're hearing the truth come out from these guys, and it's scary. Left and right, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, it really shouldn't matter. The truth should always matter. And when it comes to the First Amendment and free speech, it really should matter because that keeps us a free country. The thing is, the Democrats in this hearing just don't understand what the hearing is about. Let's go to this congressman. This guy is Dan Goldman. And let me say, I, I proudly endorse fourpatriots.com. And on behalf of them, I will be sending a tool bag to Dan Goldman. He is a real tool bag among tool bags in the U.S. House of Representatives. And just for a little background, he was the lead counsel on Donald Trump's first impeachment. He now represents the 10th District of New York, and he is trying to say that there is no government collusion with big tech and social media. Listen to this. Are you trying to say that the FBI had no basis to inform social media companies about efforts to potentially interfere in our, in our elections after 2016. I can tell you that I, that I read internal Twitter emails where Twitter expressly talked about the fact that the FBI couldn't possibly know more than they did about whether or not there was Russian interference and that in fact, even they couldn't determine which accounts were actually IRA and which ones weren't. Okay, I, I understand you like to filibuster. That was not an answer to my question. It sounded like an answer to his question to me. But let's, let's let this tool bag, Dan Goldman, 
ask another question of Taby. Do you think it's a legitimate objective of the FBI to stop foreign interference in our elections? I think it's a legitimate objective to stop actual foreign interference. That is awesome. Do you think it's a legitimate objective <laughs> of the FBI to stop foreign interference in our elections? I think it's a legitimate objective to stop actual foreign interference. I love Snoop Dogg. Now, let's get to a serious question, and I think this is the most important thing that happened in this hearing during the day. This is Dan Goldman again questioning about whether there is actually government involvement. Is the government directly telling Twitter and other social media platforms to shut down speech? And Mr. Schellenberger, in all of the emails that you reviewed, did the FBI ever direct Twitter to take down any accounts or remove any posts? Yes. They directed Twitter to, to remove them, or they said these may violate your terms and services? Yes. I think, that's a, I think that's an accurate use of the word direct. And here comes the big closing argument from Dan Goldman, the tool bag in the U.S. House of Representatives. He is going to say there is no direct evidence that the government told Twitter to do anything. The interesting part here is that Chairman Jim Jordan has in his hands information that says otherwise that the Democrats have no idea is coming. You should see their faces as this happens. And even with Twitter, you cannot find actual evidence of any direct government censorship of any lawful speech. And when I say lawful, I mean non-criminal speech because plenty I'll of give you speech one. is non-criminal. I'll give you one. Gentlemen's time to expire. I'd ask unanimous consent to enter into the record the following email from Clark Humphrey, Executive Office of the Presidency, White House Office, January 23rd, 2021, that's the Biden administration, 4.39 a.m. Hey, folks, this goes to um, Twitter. Hey, folks, wanted to use the term Mr. Mr. He used, they use the term Mr. Mr. Goldman just used. Wanted to flag the below tweet and I'm wondering if we can get moving on the process for having it removed ASAP. Boom. That is. Could you read the below tweet? And then if we can keep an eye out for tweets that fall in this same genre, uh, genre that would be great. This is a tweet on ve the very issue that uh, Thomas uh, can you just, brought. For I the fullness of the record, can you re re uh, read the, because I've not seen this, can you read the tweet that it's referencing? I don't have the tweet here with me, but the oh, gentleman's shocking. point was, tell us, you said no time did government try to tell uh, Twitter to take that, to explicitly remove something. And No, I said explicitly says, remove lawful speech, lawful speech. We're going to conflate. The First Amendment does not is not absolute. Twitter, this is something from Robert Kennedy Jr. But for so the record, I, I assume that's lawful speech. a point speech. of order, Mr. Chair. Because if Robert you, Kennedy Jr. said it, that's why it's lawful speech. Just a minute, Mr. Goldman. All I'm saying is, you said at no time did the government explicitly say to take a tweet down. Here we have it, right here, Mr. from the Chair? White House. They they, did, they couldn't even wait two days. Two days into this administration, they were asked Twitter to Mr. take something Chair. down, and we will get you the underlying tweet. Thank With you. With that, I recognize the gentlelady from New if, York. If, will you place it into the record as well, sir? The underlying tweet? Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, is talking about, uh, he's talking about Hank Aaron's death after he received the vaccine. That's what the tweet's about. We'll get, we'll get you a copy. So there you have it. What you just heard was the Biden administration White House telling Twitter to remove a tweet. Unbelievable.
We all knew it. We were all a part of it. We knew voices were being shut down. We knew that the United States government was working with big social, social media, mainstream media to control a narrative. And we're going to get into more of that in just a few moments. But you know, our national security experts are warning our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. In January, it marked the third time a power station in North Carolina was damaged by gunfire. Authorities are saying the attack, it raises a new level of threat. And they're saying they're checking our grid for vulnerabilities. And they've identified nine key substations that if these substations are attacked, power could be knocked out from coast to coast for up to 18 months. Just imagine that for a minute. A blackout lasting not days, but weeks or months. Your life would be frozen right there. Frozen in time, the moment the power fails, lights all over the country would go out, throwing people into complete darkness. That's why having your own portable solar power right now is more important than ever. With the Patriot Power Sidekick from 4Patriots, you get a solar generator that doesn't just work in your house. It's quick, it's easy, it's portable, it's on the go, and you can even put it in the house if you want to. It's small, about the size of a lunchbox, 8 pounds. But it's powerful, powerful enough for your phones, medical devices, or even that mini fridge to keep that food good. It comes with a free solar panel and free shipping and practically unheard of 365 days satisfaction guarantee. Not only that, but you get 10% off your first purchase by typing in the code OUTLOUD at checkout. Just go to 4Patriots.com and use the code OUTLOUD to get 10% off your first purchase of the Patriot Power Sidekick or anything else in the store. That's 4Patriots.com. Use the code OUTLOUD. And I mentioned those COVID hearings. We're going to get into those coming up in just a minute. We're going to dive deep into it. We're going to expose Fauci. And we're also going to bring up something that I had not heard before about what happened in that Wuhan lab in September of 2019. It's coming up next with more of Our Lives and Politics on the America Out Loud Network. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. 
It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums, that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. For years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. A plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. You know, if you go back to the beginning of COVID, there were many of us that knew this didn't seem right. The origins of COVID. There was a Wuhan bat soup 
in the wet market, but yet there was a level four bio lab literally miles from Wuhan. And somehow we were forced to think that it only could have been from natural causes. And these hearings are revealing that they knew more than that from the beginning. We will get into that now, but let's talk about critical thinking. You remember the masks? In March of 2019, Anthony Fauci was all over television saying that masks were really ineffective for this type of virus. And we now see that he has emails backing up that in April of 20. Of course, he went on to mandate masks for everyone. People were wearing masks everywhere, in their cars, at the beach, outside in parks. Admit it, you thought it was nuts, but most of us did it, didn't we? A two-foot-by-two-foot piece of plexiglass could save us from the virus at the checkout at the grocery store. The virus didn't go into Home Depot, Lowe's, or your large chain grocery store. It could only get you in the small mom-and-pop store on Main Street in America. We found out some of us were essential, and some of us were not essential to society. My favorite one was we had to all walk in the same direction at the grocery store. The six-feet thing. Don't forget six feet. We all had to stand six feet apart. And if you didn't, the person in front of you, if they were a sheep, they would turn around and let you know you weren't six feet. That wasn't science. The head of the FDA even said that wasn't science. It was just made up. And I'll never forget a motorcycle accident in Orlando, Florida. The poor guy was splattered on the highway. The cause of death, COVID. None of it was science, but if you didn't follow it, uh, you were a COVID denier. And the COVID deniers were also election deniers. Election deniers were the January 6th insurrection deniers. You're also the climate change deniers. If you deny, and if you don't comply with the left or the government, you are a denier and a potential domestic terrorist. That's their playbook. I think to get into the hearings here on Capitol Hill right now, we have to go back to July of 2021. Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, he's also a doctor, has always been on the heels of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, what let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its yeah. transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Okay, there we have little Anthony Fauci, Lord Fauci, talking back to Rand Paul. It didn't stop there either. It continued. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. You can hear the defiance in Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci's voice, his contempt for Senator Rand Paul just questioning him, the science. Now we move on to when Senator Rand Paul in January of 2022 questioned Dr. Fauci's ability and his efforts and his success in shutting down people that had different ideas about COVID. But when the planner is a government official like yourself who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science 
leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently, there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they, or from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately, there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? Of course, now Dr. Anthony Fauci has retired. We no longer pay that salary. We do pay $350,000 a year in retirement for the lies and the cover-up that this man did to this country and the entire world. It got to the point where Dr. Fauci accused Rand Paul of trying to take his life. What happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life that threats upon my life. Crazies. Harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. A person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going. And he was going to Washington, D.C. to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition. So I asked myself, why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. I'm pleased to testify today in support of this subcommittee's important work to investigate the origin of COVID-19 that has resulted in the deaths of over one million Americans. From 2018 to 2021, I served as the 18th director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention during the Trump administration. And that's Dr. Robert Redfield of the CDC. If you remember back at the beginning of coronavirus in the task force, there were three main doctors, Dr. Burks, the scarf lady, Dr. Fauci, and Dr. Redfield. As time went along, you notice that Dr. Redfield was kind of pushed out of the picture. There is a reason for that, and it came out in the hearings. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But now, Listen to what Dr. Redfield said at the beginning. We all knew this. Critical thinkers knew this. There were two hypotheses for where this came from. It was either a bat soup, natural, or it was man-made. As COVID-19 began to spread across the world, there were two competing hypotheses about the origin of this virus that needed to be vigorously explored. The first hypothesis is the possibility that COVID-19 infections in humans were the result of a spillover event from nature. 
This is a situation in which the virus naturally mutates and becomes more transmissible from one species to another, in this case from bats to humans via an intermediate species. This is what happened in previous outbreaks of SARS and MERS and earlier coronaviruses that emerged from bats and spread through an intermediate animal. The second hypothesis is the possibility that the virus evolved in a laboratory involved in gain-of-function research. This is a type of research in which scientists seek to increase the transmissibility or pathogenicity. So there's a little bit of past history on Rand Paul and Fauci and then Dr. Redfield there giving us the hypothesis of the two things that this virus could do. The reason why we are doing this program right now, though, is to shine light on the hearings that are happening on Capitol Hill right now. So Congressman Winstrup ask this question of Dr. Redfield. So in your expert opinion, was the Wuhan Institute conducting gain-of-function research on Absolutely. coronaviruses? Thank you. Dr. Redfield, has gain-of-function created any life-saving vaccines or therapeutics to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Has gain-of-function stopped a pandemic, to, in your opinion? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. More and more evidence is now coming out, and more intelligence agencies, including the FBI, are now admitting that it did come from the Wuhan lab. It was not bat soup. An interesting line of questioning that came from the hearing is about Dr. Robert Redfield being blocked out by Dr. Fauci. In mid-January of 2020, you expressed concerns to Dr. Fauci to uh, Jeremy Farrar of UK's Wellcome Trust and to Dr. Tedros of World Health Organization that, quote, we had to take the lab leak hypothesis with extreme seriousness. And you urged Dr. Fauci to investigate both the lab and the natural hypotheses. Shortly thereafter, on February 1st, uh, Farrar convened a meeting of a group of 11 top scientists across five time zones and asked Dr. Fauci to join, and he wrote, quote, my preference is to keep this group really tight. Obviously, ask everyone to treat in total confidence, unquote. Dr. Redfield, you were excluded from this call, but up until then, you had been on every single, you were included in every other conversation. What changed? Why do you think that you were excluded from these conversations? Thank you very much. I think uh, just to emphasize, uh, in, in, in early to mid-January, I did have multiple calls with Fauci, Farrar, and, and, and Tedros about how important I thought it was that science get engaged in, in aggressive, aggressive pursuing both hypotheses. I also expressed as a clinical virologist that I felt it was um, not scientifically plausible that this virus went from a bat to humans and became one of the most infectious viruses that we have for humans. Why do you think you were excluded from those calls? I, I, because it was, I was told to me that uh, they wanted a single narrative and that I obviously had a different point of view. In emails following the conference call, four of the 11 scientists told Fauci that they all found the genetic sequence inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory, basically what you're saying. However, just three days later, these four scientists had drafted a paper arguing the exact opposite, and that's now the infamous proximal origin of SARS-CoV. Uh, That's New York Representative Maliatakis that is questioning Dr. Redfield. The interesting thing here is that this paper, which was initiated by Dr. Fauci, completely changed scientists' minds around the world. Also, these doctors that put the paper together, their minds were changed in just three days. They went from 
being with Dr. Redfield as a possibility to being 100% with Fauci. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. Again, I've said this before, that this whole approach that was taken on February 1st and subsequently in the month of February, if you really want to be truthful, it's antithetical to science. Thank you. Science has debate, and they squashed any debate. So the question becomes, why? What would be the motivation for the scientists in this country, in this world, to change the narrative, to allow only one hypothesis? Why would that happen? What is the motivation? Congressman Jim Jordan comes in with questions for Dr. Redfield. Dr. Redfield, you, were, you're, uh, you, you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force, is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th. 2020. Is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson, which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. Next day, I know. Did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did you share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? No, you no. didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see, three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. The question is why? Mr. Wade, why would they change their position that fast when the only intervening event is a conference call with Dr. Fauci, the guy who wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see the very emails that they had sent him, Dr. Redfield, head of CDC on the coronavirus task force. Why would they change their position, Dr. Wade, or Mr. Wade? Uh, well, this question does lie at the heart of the um, issue. Uh, what is pertinent, and it seems to me, is there's, there's no new scientific evidence that we can see that came uh, available between these dates, the Jan 31st and Feb 4. Right, there's no new. I think you're... Go ahead. So you have to ask if there were other, uh, other kinds of influence uh, available. <clears throat> now, it is true that, that um, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Farry in London were very powerful research officials, and between them they controlled... I read, I read your testimony, I saw okay. that. Yeah. So... Why don't you uh, cut to the chase and tell them what you really think was the reason? <laughs> I don't know what, what the reason was. I, did, I know what it was. Uh, I... Go well, ahead. no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you say it, because I read your testimony. I think you, you said it in your testimony, too. Maybe you were reluctant <clears> to say it here, but go ahead. Well, if you're looking at the timeline, on um, May 21st, um, just uh, a few weeks after the Nature, Med uh, the, the Nature Medicine article had come out, uh, two of the signatories of the original email to uh, Dr. Fauci, that, that's Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, were awarded a $9 million grant for the... So there's $9 million reasons to change their mind. I knew you'd get to it. I read that last night. So three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position, and the only intervening events, a conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins, again, a call that Mr. Redfield was not allowed to be on, the head of CDC and on the coronavirus task force. And then three months later, Shazam, they get $9 million bucks from Dr. Fauci. Well, isn't that something? So what's that old saying? Follow the money. $9 million in grants given to a couple of scientists to change their opinion that changed the entire narrative. It shut down critical thinking. It shut down questions. It shut down the true science. 
That's what happened. That's what's coming out in the hearings. That's one interesting thing so far. There are others. The other one that has uh, gotten my attention so far is a line of questioning to Dr. Redfield about, again, the origins of, of the coronavirus, but specifically what was going on in that lab in September of 2019. There were three things that popped up that maybe you didn't know about it. It's unclassified now, but I was unaware also, and this came out in the hearing. I will say, if you go back and look, it's declassified now, and I'm sure you all have your classified briefings, but the declassified information now, in September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. It was highly irregular. Researchers don't usually like to do that. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual, and I've been involved in dual-use labs when I was in the military. And the third thing they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contract to redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. So I think clearly there was strong evidence that there was a significant event that happened in that laboratory in September. It's now been declassified. You can read it. Are you taking notes on this? Listen to those three things. So very important. And I don't want that to be glossed over because the military, the Chinese military, the PLA, took over control of the Wuhan lab in 2019, September 2019, right before COVID started. And then the air system had been changed. So those are three important points that I was unaware of. But recently, I interviewed Dr. Li Yan. She was the whistleblower from Wuhan that came out from Hong Kong in March of 2020. And she said that the virus was man-made. It was engineered, and she was shut down. She has tried to get the truth out. But now, let's listen to what she told me this week. I remember that when I review all the evidence I have, I confirm that this is a weaponized virus come out from the CCP and the military controlled lab. And also it was designed to harm people. And if I don't let this uh, out, don't let people know that, they will keep uh, covering up. They will give a nature origin theory. They want me to be part of the theory to support the nature origin wet market story. And they also, uh, they don't want people to know the outbreak in Wuhan is out of control. And soon after, if not stop it, it will become worse and even a huge disaster all over the world. Are you 100% sure that COVID was released by yes. the Chinese government? And have you seen evidence yes, to back 100%. that up? Yes, 100%. And th- I want to ask seen, a question. I have seen evidence. And, oh, I have I have evidence, and uh, I also am the virologist working in such high-level lab using coronavirus after the outbreak. I can tell you, no matter based on evidence or based on my experience, there is no way SARS-CoV-2 can come out uh, without people's attention and then spread and cause such big outbreak and even pandemic. The narrative that Dr. Fauci and the others in the science community were pushing was impossible. You can hear Dr. Yan there. But what was the purpose? Why did they want to create that narrative? However, if they can manage to keep silence and even tell WHO to help them padding 
uh, President Trump telling American people that oh nothing happened, uh, just uh, uh, no human to human transmission. Don't worry. Then they can manage to secretly spread the virus all over the world. They take advantage of this unexpected outbreak. Even there are people die, it's okay. They don't mind. Oh, I didn't know I was excluded. I didn't know there was a February 1st conference call until the Freedom of Information came out with the emails, and I was quite upset as the CDC director that I was excluded from those discussions. Why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view, and I was told they made a decision that they would keep this confidential until they came up with a single narrative, which I will argue is antithetical to science. Hopefully you are starting to see what they actually did to us and the why. The Chinese government, they are our enemy. The United States of America has an enemy in China. The world has an enemy in China. We're starting to see that. The truth is starting to come out. Senator Ron Johnson in a hearing this week. If, if you are a whistleblower in the Department of Justice, the FBI, please come forward. If you want to restore integrity and credibility to your agencies, come forward and tell Congress so the American people understand the truth. I would also make that appeal to people working in our federal health agencies. Our response to COVID has been a miserable failure, largely because our health agency has not been transparent. I've written 43 oversight letters to the agencies where I've gotten responses. They're non-responsive responses. Generally, I, I don't even get answers. And that's Senator Ron Johnson. We also have other senators, which, by the way, I love Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. But let's hear what he has to say about Lord Fauci. Well, sunlight is an extraordinarily effective antiseptic. Um, Look, I know Dr. Fauci. He's a smart man. He has a silver tongue. Um, He enjoys doing media interviews. But his behavior and lack of candor during the the epidemic has um, undermined almost immeasurably the institution of science and public health. And no one knows who to believe anymore. And I think it's incumbent on Dr. Fauci and his colleagues who participated with him to go in front of the American people and, and tell them the truth and tell them why they said what they said in, in light of the evidence that they had that they did not share with the American people. And this, that's not a political statement. That's a fact. People need to believe in science. People need to believe in public health. And when you've been through what we've been through, um, I just think Dr. Fauci and his team have hurt both. And like I said, I love Senator John Kennedy, but is that all we can expect? Is that all we should accept? Coming clean for Fauci and his comrades at this point from all the death, from all the lies, from our children being cooped up in homes and away from schools we're just supposed to accept coming clean with the truth from these people? I don't think so. But what does Fauci say about it? He was on CNN with Jim Acosta. Well, I mean, there's no response to that craziness, Jim. I mean, prosecute me for what? What what are they talking about? (laughs) I mean, I wish I could figure out what the heck they were talking about. I think they're just going off the deep end. Well, here's one thing we can prosecute him for right now. We know that he lied under oath 
when he spoke to Senator Rand Paul. And Senator Rand Paul, he sums it up fantastically in this clip. At the end of the phone call, they all became convinced otherwise, and he, they agreed to write an article saying something the opposite of what they were saying in private. So yes, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins and others orchestrated a cover-up. There's emails between Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci in which Dr. Collins says this wouldn't be good for China. This wouldn't be good for science, meaning that it wouldn't be good for the business of science, for the money that changes hands. There's so much going on here, and when the American public finally find out, I mean, there's going to be such dissatisfaction in this country like you can't believe. The American people are finding out through hearings and from listening to AmericaOutloud.com. Thank you so much for joining me for this hour. And next week, I'm going to dive into the Ways and Means hearings with Janet Yellen, which will also bring me into the bank closings that are happening. It's going to be interesting, and that's going to happen next weekend. Between now and then, have yourself a fantastic week and keep giving the truth. Be loud. Be strong. You know what the truth is, so go out there and give it. And you know, salt without flavor has no value at all. It's just thrown on the ground to be stepped on. Remember, you are the salt of the earth, so be salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker Scott and Lou Basada. 